Before I start with the message, I have to address the elephant on the room. And no, it's not me, even though I have big ears, it's not me. That's what my cousins will say. <laughs> um, actually, the message today is going to be talking about pastors and elders. Um, and it's kind of weird for me because it's going to be talking about giving glory to the pastors and the elders. And, you know, I, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable. Uh, so I just, I just need your blessing, your, your prayers, and allow God to speak through us and uh, to us as well, to our hearts. And, and he has something special for us, and we just trust in what he's doing. Amen? Amen. Okay, so... Um, I thought that the best way to give this message was um, to give you first an introduction about pastors. I want to share with you uh, some of the experiences that I have as a pastor uh, before becoming a Christian, when I was becoming a Christian, and then when I became a pastor. And hopefully, this will be able to help us understand the text that we're going to be going through today. So, uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is the outside vision that people have outside the church about pastors. And um, I want to tell you a story. This happened a long time ago. It was uh, somebody from my family. Um, and they say this you know, it was kind of a, of a joke, but you know when they, people tell you a joke, then, you know, maybe there is something that they believe behind that joke. Uh, the joke was the following. When I was uh, accepting Christ as, a, as my Savior, and one of my distant relatives knew about it, uh, and I went to visit him, he said, now that you are a Christian, let's open up a church. <laughs> I heard that it's a great business. Uh, I know that they collect the 10%. Uh, everybody has to give their 10%. And I see pastors all over the place. And for some reason, when they start leading a church, a huge belly starts coming up. So they must eat very well. <laughs> and if you are very good in the church, who knows? Maybe one day you're going to have your own jet or your own plane. Uh, so let's start a, a, a church. <laughs> and of course, he was joking. But um, that gave me a little bit of insight of maybe what people, some, of, some people think about the church, uh, especially in these days. And you know how God says that out of the heart, we speak what, what we speak. So, um, you know, we have to understand also that point of view. And what I'm here to tell you is that um, even though it was, it was a joke, uh, I start thinking about it a lot, um, the perception that people had about pastors in the church. Then uh, as I started becoming more involved in ministry, doing different, you know, different roles, working with different people, and starting to work more with pastors, I saw a totally different uh, point of view. And this is the inside point of view. This is, 
This is the view that people see when they start working in the church, you know. Sometimes people come to the church, they visit, they see the pastor, and they think something about the pastor. There are some people that are very devoted to the church, and sometimes even we put the pastor in a platform and, you know, they think too much of him and that, you know, every extreme is also dangerous. So we have to be careful with that. But the view that I'm going to tell you right now is um, the, the inside view uh, when you start working with the pastor. And I saw something totally different. Um, I saw how much they put into it how much they suffer, how much they get criticized, uh, and how much, um, you know, if, if people, all of their eyes are looking at them and, you know, they're evaluating every move and if they do something that is uh, considered a sin and, you know, people start going against them and it's, it's very difficult. Plus, all the hard work that they put into it, um, especially when you're trying to raise a new church. So I was in that position to see that pastor that was in that church, and it, it totally changed my perspective. Um, and that reminded me of a joke. <laughs> um, the, the mom comes and says, Son, please wake up. It's time to go to the church. And then the son says, No, mom, please, five more minutes. Five more minutes. Okay. Go ahead and sleep a little bit more, five more minutes, and then in five minutes you can wake up and then let's get ready because we need to go to the church. Okay, mom, okay. So five minutes, ten minutes come past, and then the mom comes back again to the room and say, okay, son, it's time for you to get up because we are going to be late to the church. And then uh, the son said, ah, no, mom, I don't want to. And then the mom said, well, David, once they start calling you by name, it's, it's serious. It's getting serious. David, you have to wake up and you have to get ready because we're going to be late to church. And then David says, but why, mom? Why do we have to go to church? Why do I have to go to church? David, because you're the pastor. <laughs> and, and sometimes... I wonder if the pastors in, in that season of, the, of my life, if the pastors will feel that way. I mean, if sometimes they say, no, I don't want to go today to church. I don't want to deal with all this. But uh, my question came up and said, why would people ever want to be a, a pastor? Um, seriously, because when you're starting a career, um, and you're passionate about something, and maybe you want to be an architect or a doctor or, or something that you're going to start working your way through, and, and eventually you're going to get a, a really good pay, and you look forward to those days. And so, but with pastors, it's way different. <laughs> you have to um, endure a lot, and that's what I start seeing. I start seeing all the suffering and all, you know, there is also blessing in all this, but... Um, my question was, why do people want to be pastors? Um, I, I couldn't get it. I keep asking and asking and asking. Um, so it, it didn't make sense to me. And then, be careful with what you say, <laughs> because then I became a pastor. <laughs> and this is what I want to share with you guys. That first of all, is a calling. 
God has to be involved in that. Um, to be completely honest, I don't think any people will be able to be a pastor unless God was behind them. And unless it was a calling in their lives, and unless God was working through a purpose also in their lives, and to be able to work through them to bless other people as well. Um, for me personally, and I want to be very clear with this, I'm not talking in behalf of Matt or Dave or any of the pastors here. You'll see in the text, we're going to be talking about elders and pastors. It's the same term that uh, in the Bible is used for pastors. It's the same position. Um, so when, when you find elders in the Bible, know that it's talking also about uh, pastors. So we here at NBC have several pastors. We have, um, uh, I believe, six or seven pastors um, in this church. Um, because, like we say, elders and pastors, they hold the same position. And that's why you probably also see throughout the year different elders, pastors, here preaching on Sundays. Uh, we have sometimes Gruia come here or Chuck or Jim. Uh, Angel, uh, it's not only Dave, Matt, and myself that are the staff pastors, but we also have elders, and it's the same position. They have the same authority, and they also care for you guys the same way as we that we are in the staff. Um, so I just wanted to make that, a clar that clarification, and what I'm about to ch share is my personal experience I'm not talking in behalf of Matt or Dave or any of the pastors, but it's something that I want to open my heart and just allow you to see the real view, not the outside view, not the inside view, but the real view. And what I discovered when I was being, um, God was calling me and I started working as a pastor is that it's truly a blessing. It has been such a blessing for us, for me personally. Um, now I understand with God behind my back and, and supporting me, now I understand why people will want to be a pastor. Because it has been really, truly something that has become my passion. Um, and the things that we do, we do it out of love. We do it because we want the best for all of you guys. And yes, there is some work behind it, the scenes that you don't get to see. There is some hard seasons that you don't get to see. There is a lot of praying. By the way, let me make a parenthesis here, but this COVID season has been a blessing in itself for us because for me personally, like I haven't prayed as much as we have been praying during this season for all the people that uh, are going through difficult situations. It's not being sick only, but it's also, you know, the inconsistency on the job and how that affects the home and the problems with the family and the teens having to study or go to school in a screen and, you know, everything that comes with that and all the, you know, everything that has been going on that has been affecting us as a society, 
Um, it, it is something that has affected our church. And we as a pastors, um, like I say, want the best for you guys. And we know that the best cannot be obtained unless God is in our lives. And that's why we, we trust in God in what he's doing. And we want to share everything that God has to offer to you guys as well. And to be able for you to continue to trust in God. To continually, increasingly uh, trust in God. So uh, there has been a lot of prayer. Um, there has been a lot of changes during this season. I have learned to talk to a camera. <laughs> I have learned to preach in a video setting. I have learned how to edit videos. <laughs> I now know how to put them in YouTube and what to do and what not to do through experience. I have learned about lights. I have learned about things that I never thought I was going to be able to do. Um, so there is a lot of things that go behind the scenes. I have learned personally so much because um, as we deal with different situations at home, at work, in the society, with you guys, we don't want our opinion uh, in your lives. We want God's opinion in your life. So it has forced me to study very different uh, themes in the Bible and the, how, how to deal with different situations and how to be able to best um, show you what God can do through your life if we are obedient to his word. So for me, it has been a blessing. And here at NBC, it has not only been a blessing, it has been a double blessing. Um, I used to work in the ministry before, but I have my secular job as well. And um, truly, I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, thank you, because your generosity allows us to hire full-time pastors and don't have to worry about how to provide financially for our household as well. Um, and then we can dedicate more time and do things way differently and be able to do it in a level that is pleasing to God as well. So NBC has opened the doors not only as a family, but also it has been a double blessing because they pay me to do what I like the most, what is my passion, what, what I really um, is the purpose of God in my life. Uh, so for those of you that give consistently to the church, thank you. And for those of you that sometimes think that the church is a business or that uh, is something good to do because everybody's going to give 10%, it's not so, but you guys are partners with me as you guys contribute to the church as well. So basically, as I'm standing here preaching and delivering a message, know that I'm here because of you as well. Not only because it's the will of God, but you are part of all this. As we go out to the community and bless other people, you guys are also going with us to the community and blessing other people. And you guys are part of what God wants to do in not only our church, but the families of our church and uh, our neighborhood as well. 
So um, if you are not part of this blessing, I, I, you know, I plead with you. It's not about the money. It's not about we're trying to get money out of you. Don't lose the blessing that comes with giving to the church and being part of what we're doing uh, in a financial way. Some people are called to be doctors, architects. Uh, I was called to be a pastor. Maybe some people will die if they have to come here to the front and have to talk to you guys. Which, by the way, I was that way when I was in the beginning. The people that know me best know that I'm an introvert person. Um, so for me to come here is, is truly God doing something amazing, uh, wonderful. The first time that I was invited to preach, I wasn't a pastor yet, but the first time I was invited to preach, it was um, they gave me a portion for 10 minutes only. Uh, that day, I was so sick just thinking about that I had to go in front and talk about in this 10 minutes that um, I remember I was in the bathroom like half an hour because my stomach was a mess just before coming in. And, I, you know, I was about to call the pastor and say, you know what, I'm sorry, you're going to have to come up with those 10 minutes and do something about it because I won't be able to do it. But, but the gra- grace of God... Um, he allowed me, and this is an insight as a pastor also. Um, I used to get sick a lot. And this is something that amazed me that sometimes we don't see how God works through everything. But amazingly, since I become a pastor, um, I don't get sick on Sundays, <laughs> which is amazing. It's like, like uh, it's in a miracle in itself. Um, you know, I'm not saying that pastors don't get sick. They do, and sometimes they do in Sundays. But I'm amazed how God, even on those little things, you know, is behind us. And he wants to protect us, and he wants to be here to be able to share with you guys as well. Um, so it has been a blessing here at NBC, working. Let me tell you, we have pastors around myself that have been a blessing to me uh, as well. Um, so the whole family, everything, and to be able to uh, allow to support also the Hispanic ministry in the third service, it has also been a blessing to be able to dedicate uh, to them as well. So, so thank you for that. So with that uh, little bit of insight, let's go to our passage. And it's in First Timothy chapter 5. And we're going to start with verse 17. And this is what it says. Let the elders, remember here, uh, elders and pastors is the same term for the same position. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Um, and, and this is the verse that I was talking that for me has been a double uh, blessing. Um, right there he says that it's a double honor, and it is because what we do is truly an honor for us. Um, and I know it's trying to say honor them, but I'm trying to tell you from my point of view, and I'm trying to say that for me has been an honor to be able to be a pastor 
and not only a, an honor, but a double honor to be able to be supported by you guys. So it says that um, especially those in preaching and teaching. And here I want to do, I want to tell you something too. If you tell me, what is one of the hardest things as a pastor, many people will think that is dealing with all the issues uh, with the families. Or maybe um, having, um, you know, resources or how to administer a church as we are also pastors. Or, you know, doing all these things. But for me, this is something that has been um, difficult to deal with. And is when we preach or when we teach, we put our heart in, in, in the message. For us, it's like giving a birth. Um, for us, spiritually, of course, it's not, I'm not uh, comparing anything like what the woman go through. But spiritually, for us, it's like every message is like giving a birth. And um, we put everything into a message. This is the mindset that I have when I'm preparing a message. That this might be the last opportunity that I have. To give a message. So I want to be the message. If it's going to be my last one. I want to be a message. That is going to show you. Exactly what God wants for your life. And for you to be able to understand it. In a simple way. But yet to be able to recognize. What God wants in your life. So that we can repent. If we're doing something that is incorrect. And change our ways. To do it the God's ways, which is the best way. Um, so we put our heart into the message. And um, this is amazing. I heard somebody say it before, and I couldn't believe it, but most of the time, um, you know, to prepare a message, sometimes it takes 20, sometimes it takes 30, sometimes even takes 40 hours to be able to prepare one message. Uh, to be able to stand here in front of you and, and deliver it. And I have a very man, bad memory. I think God did that on purpose. But, you know, I, I'm not a person that likes to read the message. I want to internalize the message and then give it to you guys. So to memorize everything that goes into the message for me is an extra time added to the question. Uh, and I'm telling you this. Because the, the, the most difficult far, part for me is Mondays. You know why? Because on Mondays, we have to do a reset. We have put our heart, everything into one message that we're able to deliver on Sunday by God's grace. And then on Monday, we have to start all over again. <laughs> and we have to you know, pray over it and thank God for what he did, but forget what is behind and start preparing what is ahead. And to be able to, that, to do that reset, it has been very challenging. So for a person that comes here every Sunday, pray for that person. Pray for Dave that comes most of the Sundays and he has to do this week over week over week. And sometimes, is spiritually, it's a battle. And, and 
just pray for them. Keep them on your mind and, and, and know how hard and how, um, you know, that everything that goes behind that. So verse 18, let's go to verse 18. It says, For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox when it uh, treads out the grain, and the laborer deserve his wages. A lot of people have um, difficult when it comes to money and financially. And here what God is saying is the people that are teaching and the people that are preaching, uh, he's compared them with an ox. Now, I have to be very careful here because the translation of ox in Spanish is way, which way is a bad word to say dumb or, you know, extra dumb or something like that. So it's not like God is comparing us to an animal or comparing us to something that is dumb, none of that. But in those days, whenever they were going to prepare the food, um, they will put the grain on the ground to be able to get it ready, and they will put the oaks and uh, uh, tie it, and then he will go round and round and round to be able to smash the the grain and get it really fine. And at, at those times, sometimes the oaks will start eating the grain. And what God is saying is, He's doing all this. He's, he's providing your food spiritually. Um, don't, don't put something on their mouth so they, they cannot eat, basically. So that's why it has been a double blessing for me. I know a lot of pastors in the Hispanic community that they have to work during the day and then become pastors at night. And it's truly is very difficult to be able to do that, to be able to support, and it affects the whole family, the whole household. So um, as we continue to provide food spiritually, it is a blessing that we don't have to work and that the church is providing for our salary as well. Um, Okay, let's go to the next verse, and it says, Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. And this is very important. This is is hugely important because the enemy doesn't want anything more than to be able to destroy the life of a pastor. And he will put situations where we have to be very, very careful when we bring accusation to a pastor because you don't know if what you saw or what you are experiencing is truly what is happening behind the scenes. So when you do that, just know that if you see something that is not right, make sure that it is what you're seeing, basically. Make sure that... Is not a tactic from the enemy to be able to destroy. Because you know what? When, when the enemy wants to do something, wants to break the union in the church, he usually goes for the head. And this is also, I want to share this with you because, um, so that you can continue to keep us in praying. I have experienced some spiritual things 
that I don't, I don't have the time right now to share everything, but believe me, it's something that I never thought that it will happen to me spiritually. And God has also been able to give me discernment as well to, to know that the enemy is behind that and to be able to continue to trust even in those spiritual battles. But you don't know how many times I wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning, you know, in the early hours, uh, fighting a spiritual battle, which is incredible. And all that just to say that the enemy will want nothing more than to break or, or debunker the head. And if that happens, maybe the whole thing will crumble. Um, so... When you keep us in prayer, keep us in prayer as well on the spiritual realm um, so that, you know, we got discernment. We have discernment to be able to know what is from God and what is not from God and to be able to fight those battles in a way that we continue to trust God. Amen. Okay. Um, so when you, do, when, when you have something against, then... Just make sure that it is what you're seeing before you bring it up. And this is something very, very important too. Sometimes we go to another person in the church and we say, Oh, please help me to pray because I saw this issue. Or because I'm thinking about this, about the pastor. What you're doing at that point is not having two or three people to be able to testify but what you're doing is right now is gossiping. And, and that is going to be destruction to the church. So let's not use the excuse, oh, let me pray or allow me to share with you uh, this gossip so we can pray together. But make sure that if there is an issue, you bring it first to us. Because we can maybe give you the story behind it, or maybe we can give you the right perspective, or maybe we can point you to the intention that we have when we do some of the things that we do. So if you have an issue, if there is anything, please don't hesitate to come to us and talk to us, and let's be open about it, and let's, let's work through it. And it's also a blessing for us because if we see that we're doing something, uh, we're pastors, but we're, we're not perfect at all. And sometimes people think that because we're pastors and we spend all this time in the Word and praying, uh, they think that we're higher in, in a scale to God or anything like that. I am just as you are. I'm a person, I have also struggles, I deal also with a lot of things, I have a family, I have kids, uh, I deal with all that, I'm just like one of you guys, so if you see something that is going to help me, instead of going to another person, just come to me and tell me, Pastor, you know what, I saw this, maybe I'm getting the rock perspective, or maybe this is something that is going to help you to be able to uh, become better in what you do. And then you will be pleasing God. So, so, so let's, let's take that in consideration. Um, let's go to the next verse. It says, As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, so that the rest might stand in fear. And this is, this is also very important, because if there is something that is very that is sinful, 
and that is uh, going against uh, what God has in his word, I'm going to tell you what, when we stand here, um, it's a privilege to be here, but we also do not want to be a rock that you guys can stumble on. So we care for everything that we do. We, before giving out a message, we do everything possible to please, to first put it into practice into, into our own lives. So we don't want to preach something that, you know, we don't want to be uh, people with double faces, basically. We want to be an example. We want that everything that comes here to you guys is, is just overflowing from what we are. So that's why Paul is saying, if somebody is doing something wrong and is damaging and is, is, is against what the church needs, then go ahead and do and put him in front of everybody. Let everybody know so that they know that this position that we're holding is also very important and, and that we want to show um, a, a, a life that is not going to be a problem for you guys as well. Um, so that's, that's what Paul is saying here. Verse 21, he says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging and doing nothing from partiality. And this is something that is, has been a bless here at NBC. For example, it says that do not be um, prejudging, meaning what God cares more, most about you is your heart. It's not what is showing outside. It's your heart. And we as a pastors have to discern that and understand that. Because we don't want to judge anybody by its cover. Um, we don't want, if somebody comes and they're dressed a certain way, or if somebody has a tattoo, or if somebody has long hair, maybe God is doing something amazing on those things, and nothing wrong of anything that I mentioned. It's just that sometimes people prejudge people, and we as a pastors cannot do that. We have to get to know that person and get to know their heart and their intentions as well and how we can help regardless of who the person is, regardless of the past. I, and this is something just for you guys to be also, um, to, to be able to know it, that if you come to us with an issue, with a problem that you're dealing with, um, we have heard a lot of different things so don't be afraid of coming to us and sharing if that's what you need to do and to be able to grow in your relationship with God because we're not here to judge people. We're here to love them. We, we are here to share what God has shared with us and to be able to be an extension and to be able to love you guys. Um, so there is, there is nothing much that surprises us. And then the, the other thing is... On the financial thing. Here at NBC, the pastors don't have access to how much each individual is giving. 
Because sometimes that can become a stumbling block also in the pastor's lives. And if they see that somebody's going to leave and that person is the one that is giving the most to the church, then we might start doing some things to make sure that he doesn't leave. And we don't do that here. We, I don't know how much uh, uh, each person gives or when or none of that. There is only one person that is in charge, one of the pastors, elders, that is in charge of the financials. And he has access to, to information. But we, the staff pastors, we don't have access to that information. So don't think that be, you're getting benefits because you're giving more or you're not getting benefits because you're not giving at all. For us, it's not about your giving. That's between you and God. God will still support the church. For us, it's about you guys and how we can help you live a life that is pleasing to God. Amen? Okay. Uh, verse uh, 22, it says, Do not be hasty in the layout of the hands, nor take part in the sin of others. Keep yourself pure. And verse 23, it says, No longer drink only water, but use a little bit of wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent um, ailments. I think. That's how, el, ailments. Thank you. <laughs> Don't judge a pastor, please. <laughs> um, so here, here, very, very quickly is... Sometimes people trip about this verse, uh, but if you remember a few pages back, Paul said for the pastor not to drink any wine. So here it's not like we're giving permission to, to be drinking or anything like that. You have to take it in context, what is happening. On those days, wine was medicine for things of the stomachs. Now, in, those day, in, in today's days, we have Pepto-Bismol, so we don't have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> but, but again, what Paul is saying is he cares more about what is goes on the inside of a pastor than on the outside. Some people might see you and some people may judge you, and, but you know, it is important for you to be healthy and to not have to deal with these issues. So do a little bit of this. Um, if you have to, but thank God we have <laughs> Pepto, like I say, in these days. Um, verse 24, it says, The sins of some people are con conspicuous, going before them to judgment, but the sins of others appear later. So also good works are con conspicuous, and even those that are not cannot remain hidden. And this is something that we do here at NBC as well. And I have to confess, I was getting a little bit frustrated uh, on the inside because last year when we were in the process with hiring Matt, it took a long time to be able to finally get him on board. I'm like... Dave, we already did the process. We know, you know, let's go. Come on. <laughs> let's hire Matt. And here, uh, you know, with all the elders, we took time. And we took time not only to get to know Matt and his family, but just to ensure that it was God's will for him to be here and that um, also it will fit in Matt's life. There was a whole process 
and we got to know it, and we were very, very careful. And Paul is saying here, don't be so quickly to put hands, meaning, meaning that's when you commission somebody as a pastor. Don't be so quickly to do that. Get to know that person. Now, when the whole process was finished, and this is nothing wrong or anything that happened with Matt, just, I just want to make that clarification, but Dave mentioned something. Dave said, next time, I also want to add another step. I want to go and go and see a softball game or play with him and see what his friends, you know, how he treat them and how they treat others. And so he's even adding more extra steps to be able to know. So if you ever want to apply for this position here at NBC, just know that we're going to be going to your softball games. <laughs> okay. Um, now what? And with this, I'm going to finish. We have been talking about the pastors, and you might say, but you know what, Andres? That's all good to know. Uh, maybe I got a different perspective, but, you know, what about me? It doesn't have anything to do with me. And let me tell you this. You guys, as I mentioned before, are an extension of the pastors here at NBC. Everybody that is part of this church, the church is not an organization, the church is not this building. We, all of us, are the church. And you might not be here in front, but you are here in front with us. And everything that you do to be able to help and support your pastors, it is a blessing. It is a blessing. All of us are part, and I know that God is going to be also giving you beautiful rewards because you also contributed in everything that we do as a church. So when you have time in prayer, keep your pastors in prayer. Pray for them. Now you know a little bit of the things that they go through. And keep praying and keep blessing them. And sometimes a blessing can come also in just getting to know you, just going you know, for a cup of coffee. I'm Colombian, but I don't like coffee. So, you know, when I go to Colombia, everybody gives me a lot of, you know, jokes about that. But here I'm starting to like coffee because I'm going with so many of you to Starbucks and being able to spend some time. And, and that is also a blessing. Um, so get to know your pastors even better and, and consider everything that they go through and to be able to be part of the church um, with the things that you do as well. So with that, let me pray and um, continue to trust God in what he's doing. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time and for this opportunity. Thank you for your word and everything that goes and everything that you continue to teach and everything that you continue to show us. Just allow us to put a smile on your face with everything that we do. Allow us to be an example, not only to, to, to you, but also to the people that are in front of the church. We thank you and we bless you. Thank you for this double blessing. Thank you for NBC and the family and everybody that is part of it. And in your name we pray. Amen.